At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the sports betting network. What's going on, people? Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, as always, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Plenty to get through for the next hour, and we've got a few guests to help us do that. 15 minutes from now, we will be joined by Dan Leach, host of the Detroit City Cast, talking some Detroit sports and naturally going over some of his additional Super Bowl plays that he has added from last week. I know he's got plenty more that he's looking to attack, so we'll be talking about that with Dan in 15 minutes. Then afterward, half hour from now, fellow VEASAN host of Odds On, it's going to be Amal Shaw joining us. He's going to be talking college hoops tonight with some of his top plays on the hardwood. And we'll look at his approach that he did have for the Rams and the Bengals last week and how he would still look to approach it this week, see if anything has differentiated from last week to this week. So excited to talk with them all. We haven't had them on since about the end of college football season, so looking forward to talking some more college sports with them all. And then 45 minutes from now, live out of La La Land, Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports does great work covering the NFL, and especially in the terms of betting. I know he is a big man in favor of props, so we will look through some of his top props for the game and naturally his overall synopsis and prediction for who is going to be victorious for Super Bowl 56. So all of that coming up later on throughout Rush Hour, but let's kick things off like we typically do with our Chicago Sports Update slash kind of a mix-in with Danny's Dimes. We got an interesting game to look forward to for the Bulls and the Hornets tonight. And the Bulls, look, they've been making things close. They've still been losing. Can this be the night where they can finally get a comfortable win against the Charlotte Hornets squad that is arguably in just as much I don't know, you want to say just turmoil as this Bulls team is because Charlotte, they have lost their last five games in a row. Now for Chicago, they've lost their last three out of five. So with that in mind, the Bulls did open up as a three-point favorite. Total opened up at about 231 and a half. Immediately, you saw love go for the Hornets, and I can't say I'm surprised. I probably would have opened this thing up about one and a half in favor of Chicago. But right now, you are seeing at at Rivers the Bulls laying two as the road favorite, about minus 129 on the money line. Charlotte catching plus 107. Total getting all the love in the world. 
as it usually does with both of these teams. We know the Bulls' defense has been a train wreck ever since they've been missing a lot of these players, but the Hornets really have been an over team for quite some time and a defense that has not showed up on a consistent basis. So put the two and two together. You're assuming there are going to be a lot of points and minimal defense in this contest. So it opened 231 and a half. Now you are seeing it all the way up to 237 at Bat Rivers. Just absolutely unbelievable. And the juice is still on the over. I mean, minus 113 to the over, because how can you bet the under in this contest? The answer is you can't. It's either you bet the over or you stay away, in my opinion. But look, uh, some things to be cognizant about for this game. The Bulls have struggled on the road this past month, and really in general. But as of late, they're 2-7 and seven in their last nine road games. But they have defeated the Hornets earlier this season, 133-119. to a lot of different circumstances in that game. The Bulls were healthier around then, as were the Hornets, because tonight Charlotte is going to be without Gordon Hayward, who was the leading scorer for Charlotte the last go-around against Chicago. He is out. They're missing a bigger body in Jalen McDaniels, Cody Martin, and James Bonite could be doubtful for this game as well. As for the Bulls, aside from the main characters, Alex Caruso, Derek Jones Jr., Patrick Williams, Lonzo Ball, Ayo DeSumo, who's been providing valuable uh, minutes as a rookie, originally coming off the bench and now working his way in the starting lineup, he will be out of this game. Hit his head kind of hard on Sunday against the Sixers. I know he played against the Suns, but now he's got to go into concussion protocol and clear it. So hopefully he can get back as soon as possible and a player that will be missed for this depleted Bulls team. I do think there is a slight advantage here for Chicago. Now, again, as I alluded to, both defenses are really poor as of this moment, but I think the offensive advantage still goes slightly to Chicago when you have the three-headed monsters of Nikola Vucevic, who's been playing very well over the past couple of weeks, Zach Levine, and then DeMar DeRozan, naturally. And if you can get valuable minutes from Kobe White in this game, and he can be a guy who can hit those mid-range jumpers down and at least be somewhat... Uh, valuable from beyond the arc, which the Bulls have struggled with as of late, then I do like the Bulls here. I mean, they're fifth in points per possession and fifth in offensive effective field goal percentage, and you compare that to Charlotte's defense, who is 22nd in points per possession and 26th in defensive effective field goal percentage, you give a solid nod to the Bulls, right? Furthermore, in the half-court offense, Bulls are fourth in points per play. Defensively, Charlotte 18th in defensive points per play in the half-court set. Transition offense, Bulls are third in points per possession and second in points per play in transition. Defensively, Charlotte 21st in points per possession, 21st in points per play. Now, that doesn't mean it's an automatic guarantee for the Bulls or they absolutely have the advantage because, again, we have to recognize the disadvantages Chicago has defensively. So Charlotte is really good in transition. They're number one offensively, actually, whereas Chicago defensively are 22nd in transition. So that kind of equals out for both being dominant offensively, but lackluster defensively. But when you look at the shot selection, really the big advantage here for Charlotte is a majority of their collective shots as a unit come from beyond the arc, right? That's where they're making their bread. If they can hit from deep, they can win just about any game. Maybe not against every team, but for a majority of teams that are similar to them or inferior. And at this point, because of the injuries and the performance we have seen and the lack of defense, the Bulls are very similar to the Hornets as of this point. Now, we know that the Bulls, again, they are terrible at defending the three. Dead last in the NBA, allowing opponents to shoot and make over 37% of their three-point attempts. 
So can Charlotte thrive from beyond the arc? They didn't in the last game, but maybe they could bounce back tonight. So that got me thinking, well, I got to look at this roster for Charlotte, right? Look for guys to take advantage of the opposing team's weakness. Yes, Charlotte has weaknesses all throughout, but for the Bulls players in their props, they're pretty much priced appropriately in my opinion. But for Charlotte on the other side, I thought there were some good angles you could approach. Starting with Terry Rozier. So because the Bulls are dead last at defending the three and because the Charlotte team loves to jack it up from beyond the arc, you got to look at the guys who love to do that and take a large part in it. And Terry Rozier is one of those guys. 50% of his shots come from beyond the arc. And his prop tonight, three-point field goals made. The number is set at three in the hook. And the over at Bet Rivers is plus 140. Now, I'm not disagreeing with the number being at three and a half, but I think they're giving you too much of a value there on the over at plus 140. I probably would have put it at about plus 120 or so. So I'm not saying I'm betting this out of principle, but I think it's too favorable of a matchup to not consider betting this over three and a half, three-point field goals made for Rogier at plus 140. On average, he's making three threes per game on about eight attempts. He's gone over this prop mark of three and a half, three-point field goals made in 20 out of 46 games this season. And versus Chicago, the first go-around, he did drop 31 points. His points prop tonight is 21 and a half, but he's only gone over that 17 times this year. But in that first go-around against the Bulls, he went six of seven from beyond the arc. The dude was on fire. So you're giving me three in the hook with value of plus 140. How could I ignore that considering half of his shots come from beyond the arc? He's connecting on 37% of them. And again, the Bulls rank 30th in defending the three, allowing opponents to make over 37% of their shots. So I locked in Terry Rozier over three and a half, three-point field goals made at plus 140. And speaking of plus 140, similar situation here with his teammate LaMelo Ball. Three-point field goals made, except the numbers at two and a half, which again, I concur with, but I do not agree with this price at plus 140. I think they're giving me too much. So almost out of principle, just because of what we've seen from him, him and the lack of defense we've seen from the Bulls in that area, I got to take the over. So I also played LaMelo Ball over two and a half, three-point field goals made at plus 140. He's averaging two and a half, three-pointers made per game. He's attempting about seven per contest. He's gone over this prop mark in 23 out of 48 games thus far. Now, the first go-around against Chicago, he did eclipse this mark, knocked down three three-pointers on eight attempts, ended up with 18 points. But again, you could say, well, how many is he actually jacking up from there on a consistent basis? 40% of his shots come from three. He's making 37% of them. And again, as a team, they are shooting 39% of their shots from beyond the yard collectively. So they will get their opportunities, no doubt about it. And the good thing about getting some solid value for both of these guys at plus 140, look, if it ends up you split, one goes over, one stays under, you're still ending up positive. And that's not why I'm betting it just to barely get over. I truly think that both of these guys do have what it takes to get over this prop mark against the Bulls because of how bad they've been at closing out from beyond the arc. There's a simple philosophy into defeating this Bulls defense, and that's crashing in, look to dishing it out to the open guys along the perimeter, and then nobody on Chicago is able to close out because they're so depleted, and I say it so much, but it's the truth. So that's why I think guys like Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball can thrive off of that situation, and that's why I bet them over the respective three-point field goals props. So Rozier over 3.5 at plus 140, and LaMelo Ball over 2.5 three-point field goals made also at plus 140. 
So that's what I got rocking for this Bulls game tonight. If you're looking for some interest in the outright money line spread total, look, we already kind of talked about the total. I mean, it's gone insanely high by like five and a half, six points. So I really wouldn't touch it unless you're getting a shorter number during the in-game betting. But I do give the slight advantage to Chicago to win this game. Again, with the opener at three, I understand why some immediate love came to Charlotte. But at the end of the day, I'm going to trust his veteran-laden group that is really posed as a threat with Chicago. If they can all be the top guys, which they typically are, with Vooch, DeRozan, and Levine, and you're getting enough out of Kobe White, I still give the slight advantage to Chicago. I mean, Charlotte's been worse than the Bulls, and the Bulls have kind of been pretty bad as of late. So I'll probably wait in-game, but a strong lean to the Bulls winning this thing outright. You know me, would just lay the 129 on the money line if I was going to do anything. But as of this moment, just rocking with those props at some good value that I think they can absolutely achieve. All right, so that's my take and some dimes for this evening. We'll get more best bets coming up next. How about host of the Detroit CityCast, Dan Leach, talking all things Super Bowl 56 and anything Detroit sports. Stick around. That coming up next right here, it is Rush Hour. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available. And you get hooked up multiple episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Welcome back to Rush Hour here on the Cindy Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host of Rush Hour. And speaking of the CityCast, the Chicago CityCast I host. And it's time to welcome in another CityCast host of the Detroit one to be exact. And that is Mr. Dan Leach at Dan Leach 971 on Twitter is where you can follow him. We were talking to him last week in Sin City. He did so well betting-wise. He's going back this weekend for the Super Bowl. You can get plenty of his coverage in the VEASAN studios, so we're looking forward to it. But luckily enough, we get to talk to you beforehand, Dan. So, uh, again, thank you for making some time before your trip. I know we've already kind of got your overall thoughts on this game, and now you've added some more props with touchdown scoring, 
thing and some first half, second half areas. I want to talk about these players to score a touchdown. Now, what I've been given the information wise, if I'm not mistaken, are you parlaying several of these players to all score a touchdown or are you betting them individually? Well, it's a great question. By the way, Vegas is so nice, you got to go twice. Uh, I'll tell you this. It's, you know, when you look at this game, and I, I've said this on my show, and I know you've talked about this yourself, and, and this is the most important thing. Don't overthink it. It's one football game. Yeah, it's the biggest game of the year. Yeah, it's the Super Bowl. It's a time where a lot of casual people are betting the game that are not used to betting. Y yes, for people like us that are really kind of into this, it's okay to kind of, you know, go a little crazy, I guess. But I, I had a friend ask me today, he's like, what do you like? I'm like, And I told him, like, listen, I think the Rams are going to win. So I have a plan, the Rams money line. I might possibly tease the over in the Rams, getting positive points to the Rams. But you can't get crazy, Danny, because it's, you know, the Super Bowl. You, you want to keep the profit margin there. You want to keep people betting reasonably and not just going nuts and blowing their own bankroll because it's the, you know, the biggest day of the year. So that's, that's the one thing. But when it comes to your question about what I'm doing with some of these individual things, there will be some same game parlays and stuff like that. But there's this great boost that I know Bet Rivers has where it's Mixon, Chase, Cup, and Beckham Jr. all to score a touchdown. Those guys together, it was 19 to one. Now it's 25 to one. I love that. I mean, it's going to be, listen, let's be honest. It's going to be tough for all four of them to score, but that's why you're getting 25 to one. I think Cup and Chase are definitely going to score. And if Mixon gets some goal line, you know, possessions and the, the Bengals score some touchdowns and you get maybe an OBJ 60 yard or some time in the second half, to put the game away, I could definitely see that coming together. The, the value is too much for me, so I love that at 25-1. to 1. But there's definitely some things I'm, I'm thinking about putting together, whether it's anytime touchdowns, receiving props, you know, passing props, that kind of stuff. But I'm also, as, as crazy as a degenerate as I am, I'm not going to go that nuts. You want to keep it within maybe 15 to 20 bets, not 50. He says that now, but we'll wait to see what happens once he gets to the desert. But, no, you're completely right. Oh, Saturday right night, that. Vegas. I'll – I'll, I'll be up all night partying, so it, I could be making wagers all throughout the morning until like 6 a.m. That's right. He won't even know until he searches his back pocket at the start of kickoff, and then he'll be like, all right, I guess I'm sweating out all of these. No, we've all been there, brother, but uh, you're absolutely right in all seriousness. There, there's so much to bet, and we get so caught up in doing so because we have two weeks to prepare for it, and I love going through all of it, but really, you're right. I mean, it's quality over quantity, but the value there, I, I get it. Look, it's hard to look the other direction. Now, speaking of Cooper Cup, Dan, I mean, you also have some interest in him scoring a touchdown. What is this, in both halves at the value at about 4-1? to one? Yeah, it's actually 5-1, to one, boosted to 5-1 to one oh. at Bet Rivers. Yeah, I, I, listen, I think Cooper Cup's going to score at least one touchdown. This is a guy who, you know, continues to just be one of the best receivers in football. And I, I look at the, the way this game could go. He scored at least one touchdown, by the way, in uh, eight of the Rams' last nine games. There's one. Minus 195 anytime touchdown doesn't really interest me unless it's in some kind of a, a same-game parlay type thing. But when you look at Cup and, and the way that the Bengals are going to have to attack him with that secondary, I just I could see him breaking away maybe for the first score and then maybe a score later in the game where the Rams are either up a ton and they're, you know, they're putting it away or it's it's a touchdown to kind of maybe give him a, a double-digit lead. So I like the value of Cup you know, scoring a touchdown in each half up to five to one. I mean, I, I the true odds to me are closer to like three and a half to one, considering he's a minus 195 anytime touchdown. So I like that a lot. That's another one I'm definitely going to be banging uh, a decent amount of value on. So it's funny. And then I'm looking at who you like to win Super Bowl MVP, and you have another guy beside Cooper Cup. But really quick, I mean, do you think Cooper Cup, if he's scoring two touchdowns, you got to think he's worth a play now? 
Yeah, well, listen, you, you got. I'm not gonna. You got to make some wagers based on things you think are gonna happen, but also, you know, you got to back things up. And I definitely think that Cooper Cup, if he scores two touchdowns, could be the MVP. And he's, you know, he's he's six to one. It's not terrible. He's got about sixty percent of the MVP money bet on him. And and listen, Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow likely will be the MVP. It's most of the time. It was an eighty plus percent. It's quarterbacks. I even have my uh, Stafford tongue in cheek Detroit Lions goat shirt here uh, that I'm floating around. So I'll t- I'll tell you this. It's it's one of these things where you got to look for value in an MVP. But here's the here's the uh, Stafford goat shirt, uh, very tongue in cheek. But Aaron Donald, <laughs> sixteen to one. He is taking the third most money behind Stafford and Burrow. I think if the Rams win. Stafford's going to very likely uh, be the MVP. But you look at that defense. You look at the Bengals' offensive line. You look at what Aaron Donald's been able to do in his career. This is like kind of a culmination game for him, as it is a culmination game for Matthew Stafford. Obviously, Stafford's been in the league a lot longer. But if it's not going to be a Stafford or a Burrow or a Cooper Cup or even a Jamar Chase if the Bengals win, obviously I'm planning on the Rams winning. Uh, I think Aaron Donald at 16 to one is tremendous, tremendous value. I know some have talked about Jalen Ramsey, even bigger value. But to me, I think there's a great chance that if the, the Rams defense really holds the Bengals down, they don't score a lot of points. Stafford is just enough to you know, get the, the the Rams the victory offensively, and the defense is the key. Aaron Donald at 16-1 is a great grab of some action out there. Yeah, and it, it's funny. I mean, I, I mentioned Cooper Cup to you. Obviously, you think he's going to have a huge game, as we've seen him have consistently this year, and I took him 6-1 this year. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm hoping Stafford has a great game, but I'm hoping Cup has a better game because I took Cup 6-1 to one and actually also did Donald at about 18-1 to one last week to win Super Bowl MVP, so you and I will pretty much be sweating out the same things. Now, I got to ask you, I know you've had so much familiarity with Matt Stafford, and a lot of people talk about that he's built for this moment in the sense that he he was his characteristics were built from how I mean to put it bluntly like how bad the lines were when he's been with them and what little he had to work with and now he's got all this star-studded talent around him Dan so I guess my question is if this is a scenario where say Joe Burrow and the Bengals get some momentum right away they get off to a hot start would you maybe consider and look to live betting the Rams because we saw them come back against the 49ers a team that's really had a stronghold on them for so long and because Stafford again is seeming to be built up to this moment and dealt with so much garbage in the past, do you think that could be a route that you would look to approach from an in-game betting standpoint? 100%. And, and listen, it's it's no secret. I, I, listen, full disclosure, I love Joe Burrow. He's like a hero now of mine. And I, I have a lot of friends from Cincinnati, and I think they're going to have a great, bright future and get back to this game. But this, to me, is not their time. It's the second year. It's Stafford's 13-plus year. And I just look at it like this, Danny, and, and, you know, thanks for bringing up the Detroit stuff because this makes the lights look worse and worse than it's Stafford's first year away from Detroit after being 0-3 in the playoffs. He's 3-0 and playing in a Super Bowl in his home stadium, which is absurd. So you look at Matthew Stafford, and you, you brought up a great scenario there where let's say, you know, the Bengals take the lead early. But, you know, Stafford's not necessarily throwing interceptions, but the, the Rams' offense can't get going. McVay's got to, you know, work some things out. He's a genius offensively for a reason. And closer to the second quarter, the third quarter, or even later in the game, Stafford starts slinging the ball over the place. This is what he was able to do in Detroit. It was not his fault with all these fourth-quarter comebacks, one of the top fourth-quarter comeback guys in the history of the league. I think he's number one active right now as far as fourth-quarter comebacks go in the NFL. It's because the Lions had terrible defenses. They had no run game. I mean, there was one year Le'Veon Bell had 800-yard rushing games. Stafford had 200-yard rushers in like seven or eight years. So it's one of these things where Stafford, it was not his fault. He was the least of the Lions' problems. 
you the teams were not built the way the Rams obviously are. The Rams have tons of talent on both sides of the ball, but there are very few quarterbacks, and at certain times, maybe one or two only, that can make the kind of throws that Matt Stafford can make. And then you give him a Cooper Cup and a Higby and an OBJ and a Van Jefferson, who, by the way, I like a prop on his over uh, 41 uh, or 32 and a half receiving yards. His, uh, he's been at 41 uh, receiving yards or more in eight of the Rams' last 11 games at SoFi. So that's another guy to look out for that could come off the radar. I just think there's too many weapons there. Stafford's too good with his poise and how many things he's been through in his career. He knows all those those lean years with the Lions, that he got him out of trouble and, and won games on miracle throws like that Atlanta game in London on the final seconds and all these different great things he was able to do in, in just really tough situations. He doesn't have to do that as much with the Rams, but if he has to on Sunday, I definitely would believe in him. I would live bet him. I think if the, you're getting any kind of positive points with the Rams at any point in the game, I'm going to jump on that live for sure out there in Vegas. I'm with you, my friend. Dan, always appreciate the analysis, the bets, the inside, all of the above. And, hey, we'll be looking forward to those Twitter posts and the pictures from you hanging out uh, at all the nice casinos and resorts down in Sin City. Enjoy the weekend, my friend. I can't wait for it. You're always there in spirit. Love you guys and have fun on Super Sunday. You bet. You can catch more Dan Leach on Sunday. We'll have exclusive decent betting coverage all Super Bowl Sunday. I'll be doing a show 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. We'll have you covered all throughout the day. So much great content. And we'll continue solid content here on Rush Hour. Amal Shaw joins us next. Talking college hoops and more. Stick around. Questions about betting the Super Bowl, wondering about how to hedge, or maybe you're looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts. Well, the VEASAN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl, and it could be answered by one of our experts on air or on VEASAN.com. So again, if you got any questions, check it out, VSIN.com slash Super Bowl. And a man we love asking questions to revolving around sports betting, and especially when it comes to looking forward to the big game, is joining us here on Rush Hour, and that would be Amal Shaw, co-host of Odds Not here on VCN the Sports Betting Network. At Amal Shaw One is where you can follow him on Twitter. Amal, thank you for joining us tonight. So uh, my producer Britton, who also does work with your show, was telling me he already had some skin in this game from last week involving just the spread. So why don't you tell all the listeners what? you approach for betting this game between the Rams and the Bengals. Yeah, I took the Rams minus four uh, earlier last week. Uh, I thought this Rams team is being a little bit underrated and undervalued coming into this matchup. And Cincinnati is being given a little bit too much credit for what they're able to do against some teams that were not fully complete in the AFC. You know, Kansas City, their defense still has a lot of question marks. I think the Rams are the most complete team that Cincinnati will have faced in the postseason. And Danny, remember, this is a, a Bengals team that did not win back-to-back games during the regular season. So now that they've gotten on this uh, run here outside the last couple of weeks, this is a team that has not been overwhelming during any stretch until down the end of the season. They did win back-to-back then, but before that, really hadn't put it together. I think the Rams, with the experience in the defense and that weak Cincinnati offensive line, that should be the difference in this game. 
Now, we do see this spread at about four, and I've been pretty vocal about my support for the Rams in this game, and I haven't been rushing to lay the four, but that's probably what I'll end up doing. Do you think that this line will probably just stay at this mark of either four or four and a half, or do you think it could venture either above that or below that as we get closer to game time? You know, I think it'll stay right around there. I don't see it getting off there too much. Um, you know, it's one of those calls that could go either way, but, uh, but I think we're going to see it kind of hover right where it's at this point in time. Yeah, and so that's why, like, again, like, I think I'll probably just end up laying this four, and I think you make some good points, too, about this Rams team, all. I mean, really, when you look at this personnel, yes, the Bengals have some playmakers, but deep down, I mean, the Rams seem like they have everything covered at every specific position, and we know they have the huge advantage that's been talked about a lot, but it's so clear when it comes to the defensive front that Los Angeles has compared to Cincinnati's offensive line. And I guess when I look at it as well, and it's not really you could put this all into one basket and use it as your handicapping tool, but in a sense, Amal, it feels like Cincinnati's playing with house money. I mean, they definitely have deserved everything they've gotten to this point. Going to Arrowhead, coming back from that deficit against Mahomes is truly outstanding and very rewarding. But, you know, the Rams, is I, would say, I mean, they've been building up for this for years. They went all in. They have more of the experience. And I would probably, I mean, definitely still argue you have the better head coach in McVay, although he didn't look like it in the NFC Championship game. Is that also a big part into why you're leaning toward Los Angeles? Well, I, I don't think the coaching disparity is quite as great maybe as some people are making it out to be. I think Zach Taylor's done a tremendous job second year getting this team to the Super Bowl. But for me, the thing is, when you look at the Rams defensively, you've got the best player in the NFL in Aaron Donald. You've got an elite defender in Jalen Ramsey. You've got a very decent to solid offensive line. I know there's been some inconsistency. But then the one problem that still uh, reared itself in the playoffs has been Cincinnati's offensive line. Remember, Tennessee had nine sacks against the Bengals. And it wasn't, if it wasn't for Tannehill's three INTs, they don't win that football game. And then the Rams have four fumbles against Tampa, and they were still good enough to overcome that. So to me, it feels like it's going to take a culmination of a perfect storm for Cincinnati to be able to win this game. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, Amal. Well, we also got to talk some college hoops with you tonight. I know you love betting college basketball, and we're looking forward to some of your plays. Uh, let's begin with this game tipping off in about 25 minutes or so, UMass hosting George Washington in UMass Lane 8 at home, and this total a higher one at about 150.5. What stood out to you for this matchup that caught your attention? Well, just simply that George Washington is a team that really struggles offensively. Uh, UMass has not been a particularly strong team, but they can shoot the three ball at about 38% from the three-point line. Uh, George Washington around 30%, and just their inconsistency. They just do not play well from an offensive standpoint, and against a team like UMass that get up and down, I feel like this is one of those few games where you look at two teams that are average uh, on the records, but then when you see this matchup, I think it's a complete mismatch, and I like uh, excuse me, UMass here in this game. All right, then moving forward, how about Drake in Missouri State at 7 p.m. Central time tip? Drake at home length, three in the hook. This total at about 142.5. What bet did you select for this game? Yeah, I went with Drake here, the home team. Uh, I got the line at three, and this, you know, it's just a situation for me where you've got a quality team at home against a quality road opponent. But I think being at home is the difference for the Bulldogs in this game. Very solid throughout the Missouri Valley. Uh, you know, uh, Southeast Missouri, excuse me, Missouri State's done a solid job. They went to Loyola and won earlier this year. Now they came up short a couple nights ago against Loyola in a revenge game. But I think this is a good spot for Drake here at home. 
All right, and then a late game tonight, 10 p.m. Central Time. Oregon State Lane, two against Tal, uh, Cal, excuse me, in this total. A shorter one at 132.5. Do we trust the home favorite in this spot as well? Yeah, it would do, but it's, it's hard to trust any of these teams when you look at Cal and Oregon State. But for me, the difference is that uh, Oregon State's at home. And as bad as they've been, this is the type of game they can get. And I think they do get it done tonight. Short number here at one and a half. I like Oregon State to win this basketball game. All right, Amal, and I know you probably didn't have this game on your radar, but every time we had you on during the college football season, I love talking about my alma mater, Nebraska, with you because you just roast them, and rightfully so. And I'm wondering if you have the same sentiment tonight as they're taking on Minnesota. And this Nebraska team is so bad. And, you know, personally, I don't really follow college basketball that much until about conference tournament time and then heading into March Madness. So I'm curious, unless there's big injuries, like why is Minnesota only a point favorite against this Cornhuskers team? Well, because Minnesota's not exactly a world beater themselves. And, you know, when you look at this Gophers team, they had a good win at uh, Mississippi State earlier this year, but really not a team that's going to overwhelm you. And I think uh, they've just kind of benefited from the fact that on this matchup, they're playing a weak Nebraska team. But, you know, Nebraska's been in some games at Michigan. They got blown out earlier in uh, Lincoln by Michigan, but really in a tight game that they could have and maybe should have won against the Wolverines. Um, I, I wouldn't, I'm not playing this game, but. I would be potentially looking at the home team here. I think this is going to be a game they steal. Oh, baby. All right. Could finally be a dub for the Huskers. A much-needed one at that with the disastrous season they have endured up to this point. And speaking of the season, just overall outlook, Amal, as of this point, heading into March, I mean, we're slowly but surely getting there. In terms of the futures market, is there any team you played preseason that you would still feel confidence in making a wager on at this point or any additional plays? Because naturally, Gonzaga at the top of the list, plus 575. Auburn, who just fell, they're 9-1. to Kentucky, 10-1, to along with Duke and Baylor. Any of those teams that you would consider as of this point? Yeah, I didn't play anybody, but uh, you know, a team that I would strongly look at is uh, Arizona. I think this team's very dangerous, and if they can just get some consistency from Crow Carissa in terms of shooting the basketball, I think with their size and their tempo, they could be a real problem for a lot of opponents. So it should be interesting to see how things play out down the stretch. But I think Arizona's got the possibility of winding up with a one seed, probably not out west because of Gonzaga. But I think Arizona's in the driver's seat in the Pac-12 and an opportunity to still win the Pac-12 tournament. Okay, yeah, Arizona 13-1 to currently at Bed Rivers could be a great tournament for this Wildcat squad. Amal, thank you for making some time per usual. Always love getting your thoughts on football and then college sports as well. So best luck with all those plays tonight, and enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend, my guy. Thank you. Take care. At Amal Shaw One, where you could follow him on Twitter, catch him co-hosting Odds On with Mike Palm right here on VEASAN, the sports betting network, Monday through Friday, every afternoon here. They cover pretty much everything, hockey, baseball, when it comes around. Hopefully we get this baseball season. Jesus, lockout is getting annoying at this point, especially once the Super Bowl concludes. We're going to need to hear about uh, catchers and pitchers reporting ASAP. Not that we could bet on that, but just knowing that it's coming in the near future. But Amal is riding for the big game. He is riding with the Los Angeles Rams, laying that four, and that is currently where we see this price right now. And like I've been saying, I mean, I think I'm going to end up pulling the trigger on that probably just still going to wait almost as long as possible. Realistically, is it going to get under four? No. And at that point, the bigger is how big of a difference is it going to be between three and a half and four? I mean, to some extent, you know, some, but it's not as huge as like three, three and a half, two and a half to three, you know, floating around the key number of seven. You get what I'm saying. So I, I don't think it's going to matter per se too much if you wait or don't wait. 
But mine is for, I think, is the right side, like I'm always alluding to with this Los Angeles Rams squad. I just think they're better built for this moment. And it's funny because you look at the Cincinnati team, and if you want to look at it from the sharp, you know, the pro and Joe perspective, I think Cincinnati is seeming to be a huge public dog in this spot. Maybe not huge, but more so. Everybody's watching Joe Burrow. They see the excitement around him. They see this cool, cocky, confident guy who just keeps winning games and did what he did on the road at Arrowhead against Patrick Mahomes, and they see him catching four, four and a half points against a volatile Rams team from during the season of Matt Stafford. I think the Bengals are going to be a public dog. Not that that's why I'm betting the Rams, but just throwing that out there. We'll see what uh, Frank Schwab thinks about that next as he is out on the West Coast covering the game. Stick around. We'll discuss. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Sportsbook bettors sure hit a jackpot. Their odds boost house specials gave away over $3 million in cash. The biggest hit was bettors who bet on the four-player parlay to score a touchdown, and, well, those lucky players turned $50 into over one grand that easy when Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, and Debo Samuel all reached the end zone on Championship Sunday. That's right, over $3 million in payouts in one day. Bet Rivers loves winning and the amazing odds boost keep going on the drive to the big game. So visit Bet Rivers Sportsbook today and check out all the options along with exclusive new promotions for sports bettors. Must be 21 plus, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Final segment on this Wednesday evening. Thank you for being with us. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. And as always, we are broadcasting live out of the Bet River Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. And, you know, it's a relatively warmer day, upper 30s, so we'll take it. But it's nothing like Frank Schwab is experiencing out on the West Coast as he is covering the big game with the Rams and the Bengals out in Los Angeles at Yahoo Schwab. Where you can get more of his coverage on Twitter, covers the NFL and betting for Yahoo Sports. And I know he was already busy today and will be the upcoming day. So, Frank, we really appreciate your time. Um, just to begin with, and then we'll get into all the props that I know you're excited to talk about this game, we've seen the spread, Frank. I mean, originally the spread went up to like four and a half at the highest, but it's really settled at four, and this total has not nudged off of 48 and a half since the initial movement. Where did you have these numbers when you were kind of speculating it yourself, and are you surprised with where they have ended up? A 
little bit, yeah, because I thought about three and a half. I thought about three and a half for the Bengals was right. I think this, the total is spot on. I really do. I, it's it's one of those people have asked me about the total. Oh, what'd you like over under? And I'm like, ah, the line's perfect. And it sucks to say it about, yeah, it's just, if it was week 14, I'd have 15 other games to bet on and not worry about it. This is a Super Bowl. So you want angles. You want all this. I think the, the total is spot on. Uh, 48 and a half, 49, about in that area. Seems perfect to me. Um, was a little surprised that the, the line moved against the Bengals. I figured the underdog story, that's really going to draw people in. Joe Burrow getting a lot of credit, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, as you, as I've looked at the game anyway the past few weeks, it's been like, you know what, the Rams are the better team. Like, this does make sense. I still think the line's a little high, but I'll be on the Rams because I think when it comes down to it, if you just simplify things, the Rams were the better team. And, you know, usually if you pick a winner, the spread doesn't matter in the Super Bowl. So that's where I'm leaning. Yeah, and I agree with you there, too. I think you're right. I mean, I was surprised that it got up to as high as four and a half. I'm not necessarily surprised that the Rams got some of that attention early on, but I kind of envisioned it to be around three and a half, four consistently instead of over four. But I agree with you. I think the Rams are the better team in this spot. And now, Frank, still revolving around just the overall outlook of this game, I've been tending and just enjoying asking some journalists such as yourself who are out there covering the event, some narratives that the public can look out for. Of course, you have the quarterback narrative, Stafford being stuck in Detroit all his life, going to the Rams, and then going to the Super Bowl his first season, Burrow coming back from the injury on a crap team. But aside from the quarterbacks, what have some of the top narrative-driven stories that you've been really seeking out or have just been following along since you've been there or looking to do so, I suppose. A big one for me is the Rams roster construction. I think it's, uh, it's important. It's, it's one of those NFL teams clutch these mid round picks, like they're gold bars, right? Like they're never going to trade anybody. We see little activity at the deadline. Whereas the Rams are saying, we don't care about a three-year plan. We're playing to win this year. It's worked out for them. They were aggressive to go sign Odell Beckham. They're aggressive to go get Von Miller, paying a lot. <laughs> aggressive to go get a guy like Sonny Michelle, who really uh, contributed for them late in the season. And even, you know, going back, the Jalen Ramsey trade, everybody's like, wow, they gave up two first-round picks and a fourth. And I wrote about that this week. The three guys the Jaguars got were two edge rushers who have combined for two sacks and Travis Etienne, who has not played in the NFL because he was hurt all year. Etienne might be a great player. Kayla Von Chasen might end up being a superstar at edge rusher, but and it just goes to show like the draft is not a sure thing, but you know what's a sure thing? Jalen Ramsey. So I think a Rams roster construction and how they got here is very important. And I, I'm, I've been really looking at that. The quarterbacks are a huge story. Obviously this kind of young Bengals team has been so fun. I think the two coaches, these two young coaches who know each other, that's been a fun storyline. So it's all very interesting. We're all going to see it play out the rest of the week, narrative-wise. Absolutely. And then a guy who's had a lot of success, as you mentioned, I mean, people getting involved in trades, and you're pretty much getting guaranteed some talent. Some of the Rams did work throughout the draft, who's been having a stellar season, is one Cooper Cup, and he's been in the actual MVP conversation, and we know that's not going to come to fruition, but the man has been unbelievable, and he continues to do so this postseason and presumably might do so on Sunday. Now, his receiving yards prop, Frank, is set at about 106.5. The juice actually slightly on the under minus 112. Uh, you got involved in this one a little bit earlier when the number was at about 102.5. Is that right? A little bit, yeah. I, I just, man, this number just gave me some sticker shock. I, I mean, and I, I would think it would with everybody. I've, 
I, I read somewhere, I don't know how to research this, but it's the highest prop total ever for a receiver, and I can't imagine who would have a higher one, right? Like, this, that has to be true almost. So, I, I, there was just, like I said, sticker shock. But you also don't want to bet against Cooper Cup either. I don't want to bet the under. I, I, he, it would be the most nervous afternoon you could have. 90 yards seem to be his absolute basement this season. So, I mean, anybody betting the over on Cooper Cup, I can't sit here and tell you you're wrong. It's a it's a big number. It's not a number I ever would have expected to bet, but there we are. And, I mean, I think that – I think Cup, I mean, probably beats that number as high as it is, even though it just seems crazy to bet the over on – over anything over 100 yards on a receiver just seems insane to me. Of course it does, but you're absolutely right. It's one of those classic things where it's like you either got to bet the over or you stay away from it because you definitely don't want to sweat out the under in this game, and I honestly don't think there's enough conviction to want to bet the under because he's just been so consistently dominant and would shock nobody if he did get over this and them some. So, look, I'm with you there, too, and the number has moved from 102.5 up to 106.5, and I'm sure it'll still see plenty of more attention to the over as we get closer to the weekend. Now, Frank, considering Cooper Cup is expected to have dominance once again, he's been a popular name in terms of the potential Super Bowl MVP. Is that about plus 550 or so? I took a little flyer on him at 6-1 to one, along with Aaron Donald at 18-1. to one. You're kind of in the same region. However, you're going with a different guy on the defensive side for the Rams. Is that right? Yes, I, I really like Von Miller. I, I think that... I, I kind of buy into this whole, like, you know, the, all the Bengals' attention is going to be on Aaron Donald. And it doesn't mean they're going to be able to block him. Nobody else has. But I think that really opens things up for Von Miller. We know the Bengals have tackle issues. Von Miller is – I was there in, in San Francisco when Von Miller took over Super Bowl 50 and won the MVP there. He's a bright lights, big game kind of player. I, I've always – Loved his game. He seems reborn a little bit after after that trade. You, you go from a team that's not going to the playoffs to a Super Bowl contender, and I think he has the juice left to have a two, three sack game, maybe a forced fumble. Look, a lot of things have to happen for you to win defensive MVP. It means the quarterback didn't play well from the winning team. It means they probably didn't score a lot of points. Uh, you know, uh, Cam Akers didn't have a big game or anything like that. But we've seen it happen before. And I think voters, you know, this is a Malcolm Smith type of situation. This is a brand-name guy. Von Miller getting a second Super Bowl MVP would be easy to sell. I think that I think that Von can really – the odds is just it's worth a shot for me. I think he's going to have a big game. I think he's going to really show up on Sunday. And then we'll see if all the dominoes fall into place for him to actually win another defensive MVP or another Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, sure. 33 to 1. Incredible value for a dominant player. Uh, Frank, we got about 30 to 45 seconds. I got to ask you about the Stafford first touchdown at 66 to 1. Is this just a play based on the number for you? Absolutely. I mean, look, they captured Patrick Mahomes two years ago, and Stafford, he's running a little bit more of the postseason. He hasn't had a rushing touchdown since 2016 in a regular season, but to this postseason, you're going to be a guy <laughs> who scored in two out of their three games at 66 to one. Like, hey, why not? It's hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday. You got to. It's a one day a year when you get a little crazy, take some chances, do some things you wouldn't normally do, and I'm. I'm all about it. Yes, I'm all about Matthew Stafford here. 66 to 1. Let's go. I love it, man. Hey, we'll be rooting for you, Frank. We'll be looking for more of your coverage throughout the week. Enjoy it out on the West Coast, and best of luck with all your plays. Absolutely. I appreciate it. You got it. Frank Schwab, folks. You could follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. 
naturally covering sports for the NFL over at Yahoo Sports, not only just NFL in general, but specified to betting. Great insight all throughout. Man, if Stafford comes through 66-1, to that would be awesome. Would have to give big props to our guy, Frank, when it comes to after the game on Monday. But uh, looking more so for tonight, end of the show. Got to recap what we played for this evening in case you missed it at the beginning of Rush Hour. We did a couple plays involving that Bulls and Hornets game. Terry Rozier over three and a half, three-point field goals made at plus 140. And then also at plus 140 and on the Hornets, LaMelo Ball over two and a half, three-point field goals made. Best of luck if you tail. Thank you for tuning in. And until tomorrow's edition of Rush Hour, take care, folks. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 